Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 15, called Kingdom Questions. If you're new to us, we've been moving verse by verse through the Gospel of Matthew, and the big theme has been the Gospel of the Kingdom. We're in chapter 11, and I have built the sermon around four questions, all right? So a question from John the Baptist, a question from Jesus, a question that we all might have about how could we be greater than John the Baptist if we're part of the kingdom, and then a question about Elijah. Jesus talks about Elijah coming, uh, being sent before the great and terrible day of the Lord according to the book of Malachi. Was that fulfilled in John the Baptist? Is there another Elijah coming? We're going to ask some questions about what's called eschatology, if you've heard that before. That term has to do with the things concerning the last days. And no doubt, if you've been around the kingdom of God or the church or listened to Bible teaching, you've heard about the end times and Maybe you're getting videos and wondering, you know, are we near the end and what would the signs be and uh, all of that. So we're going to look at some of that today and we're going to dig into some of those questions. The text is Matthew 11. If you're able to stand, why don't you stand with us for the reading of the Word of God. We're tackling the first 15 verses with the title, Kingdom Questions. When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples or apostles, Matthew 11, 1, He departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John, while in prison, heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who does not take offense at me. As these men were going away, verse 7, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. What did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and one who is more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, John himself is Elijah, who was to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You can have a seat. Father, thank you for all those who have gathered in your name to worship you in spirit and in truth and now to hear the word of God. And your word is alive and it is powerful. And often in scripture, you said, Jesus, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You address the seven churches in Revelation with that uh, constant refrain. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the churches. Here we are, the church in this age, Lord, and we need ears to hear 
and a heart to obey. And this is not an easy section, Lord, especially near the end. There's some complicated theology, eschatology here, and hasn't been easy sledding, and there's some disagreement on what all of this means. So would you give us an understanding from your Holy Spirit? Would you help us to understand the things of God and uh, to apply them as best we can in light of your scriptures and in light of your glory. So I pray that we'd be a little bit more like Jesus because we've been together today. And I ask that in Jesus' name, if you agree, would you say, amen. Kingdom questions. As I sat before the text this week, that's kind of what came up. I I was asking a lot of questions. And uh, at the end of this particular sermon, I will tell you, you're going to need to put your thinking cap on a little bit more. We're going to get a little bit more technical this morning. I don't think it's going to be too much for any of you, but just so you're prepared. The first part of the sermon is going to have some definite application and encouragement, I hope, for you. As we get nearer to the end, we're going to start to dig into some theology and eschatology, end time kind of stuff. Who uh, is this Elijah who is to come? Is that completely fulfilled in John the Baptist? Prophecies from the Old Testament. Three in particular uh, spoken of John. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, if you're taking notes, has a prophecy about John the Baptist. 700 years before John was born. And then Malachi, or affectionately known in the Italian as Malachi, last book of the Old Testament, has two prophecies about John one in Malachi 3 and another in Malachi 4. Now, those are not probably uh, unfamiliar to you, but we'll dig into those and we're going to be turning a little bit in our Bibles. I'm going to try to keep it to somewhat of a minimum, but we're going to turn a few times back and forth so we can take Scripture with Scripture. Let's begin at verse 1 with kingdom questions. It came about, Matthew 11, 1, when Jesus had finished giving instructions. We've studied that the last several weeks to his 12 disciples. They're going out on that short-term missions trip To the lost sheep of Israel, Jesus gave them instructions. He gave them warning. He departed from there after those instructions to teach and preach in their cities. Now, if you read a little commentary, study Bible, their cities is a little bit of a question. Whose cities is he talking about? Is it the cities of Israel? Is it the cities of the apostles? Did he not send them into their home cities? Because we all know that when we go home and we tell our family about our faith, it's not always easy for them to receive what we have to say. A prophet is, you know, without honor in his hometown, if you will. So that could be a difficult mission field. So maybe Jesus went to their cities to preach. Imagine if you're one of the apostles, you go to your hometown, you're one of the 12, you're Peter, James, and John, and you start preaching to people that knew you when you were growing up. Oh, you're an apostle, huh? I knew you as a little boy. You know, really? So sometimes that can be a little difficult. So Jesus may have gone to those cities. We don't know for sure. Some believe that Jesus came behind the preaching of the apostles and kind of did follow up in those cities. We don't know for sure. We don't have enough to go on. But Jesus was teaching and preaching. He was a teacher and a preacher. We've learned that as we've gone through the gospel. Now the camera pans to John the Baptist. Now when John in prison heard of the works of Christ, that's the Messiah, He sent word by his disciples. Now, John the Baptist still had disciples at this point, and he was in prison in Herod's palace, in the dungeon. 
Josephus tells us that he was in the Machaerus prison, and being in prison at this time was an ugly, ugly thing. If you've seen uh, movies depicting John the Baptist in prison, it's possible that he was chained to a wall. It's possible that there were rats and all kinds of ugly stuff. You know, no, no uh, sanitation like we have in today's prisons and television and workout areas and that kind of stuff. None of that. And if you survived, you only survived in prison because your family visited you or your friends brought you food. There were no three squares and a cot to sleep on. It was brutal. And John the Baptist had been languishing in prison. And we all know if we've read our Bibles, why that happened. John confronted King Herod over an unlawful marriage to his brother's wife. Her name was Herodias. And he spoke out against the king about marriage. He said, it is not lawful for you to be married to your brother's wife. Now, I know today marriage is a big topic, right? And who defines marriage and what marriage is? Well, John did not hesitate to call out the king over his illegal marriage. What made it illegal was that it was illegal according to Scripture. He should not have been married to his brother's wife, but he was out of order. John called him out. And the wife, Herodias, was angry with John. The Bible tells us she had a grudge against him and wanted him put to death. And Herod put John in prison. And the Bible says that Herod liked to to listen to John. And when John would preach to him, he was perplexed by John. As one commentator put it, that John the Baptist was everything that Herod was not. John was a righteous man. He did not bend to the cultural winds. He stood on truth. And Herod was a puppet. He blew with the winds. He only answered to his pleasure and his what he wanted right here, right now. And John called him out and he got put in prison for it. And that's where John is at the moment according to the text. And John still has some disciples that are faithful to him. And so he has some questions. He's been hearing about the works of Jesus. What did he hear? We don't know for sure. But in all likelihood, we could say this. We, we know that John probably heard that Jesus was spending time with tax gatherers at IRS parties. <laughs> no way, really. <laughs> He was with sinners. He was with prostitutes. He was touching lepers. He was crossing over barriers, you know, uh, in, with the Samaritan woman and so forth. And, and he was hearing of the works of Christ. And I'm sure they were marvelous, but I'm sure he also had some questions like, where's the kingdom of God? Why hasn't he established the kingdom? Why am I in prison? Why hasn't the fire of judgment fallen? Because I preached in Matthew 3 that the axe is already at the root and the Messiah is coming and he will burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Maybe John was waiting for an angelic prison break, you know, where the door would fly open and he would get out. I mean, after all, he was human. And he was not only a prophet, he was prophesied in the Old Testament at least three times. He was Jesus' cousin. He had uh, seen the Holy Spirit light on Jesus, and he had announced, behold, look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In John 3.30, he had even said, he must increase, I must decrease. And I'm not sure John knew exactly everything that that would mean to his life, because he was in prison. And, you know, from what I understand of Scripture, he probably languished in prison for at least a year, and an ugly place, a dungeon. And so he was hearing about Jesus' works, And he sent word by his uh, apostles, or his disciples, I should say, with this question. This is the first of four questions. If you're taking notes, question number one. John said through his disciples to Jesus, Are you the expected one, 
or shall we look for someone else? Now that's a hard question, isn't it? And it's potentially even a hurtful question. But it's not an unrealistic question given John's situation. He's in prison. He's got to wonder what's going on. And he's been hearing different things about Messiah. And you know how stories go when the word finally got back to John. Who knows what he heard and was it all factual? It's hard to say. Hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael. I want to tell you about a very special event that we're hosting at the church where I serve as senior pastor. It's called Living Truth Christian Fellowship right here in the city of Corona in what's called the IE, the Inland Empire. Hey, we're hosting, I think this is the third annual Dare to Defend Apologetics Conference. It's entitled Losing Our Humanity, How a Culture Unmoored from Faith is Drifting Away from Virtue. I don't think I have to tell you of the crazy things that have been going on in the culture with so many different categories, including marriage, sexuality, so many different things. And how do we make sense of it? And how do we counter it and even speak to the culture? That's what this weekend's all about. It's the Dare to Defend Apologetics Conference. I'll tell you, it's some of the top apologetic speakers in the Christian world gathering in one place for a Friday night and an all-day Saturday. There's a lunch included. It's an exciting weekend to bring friends to. There's early bird pricing. It's the Dare to Defend Apologetics Conference, March 1st and 2nd, a Friday night and a Saturday. And there's even going to be a panel discussion where you can ask some questions at the end of the weekend. Why don't you check it out today? You can link from our website to the Dare to Defend site. Go to walkintruth.com. Look for that link at the top of our site, walkintruth.com. And you can link right there, sign up, bring some friends, and grow in your most holy faith. God bless you. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. John said through his disciples to Jesus, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? Now, that's a hard question, isn't it? And it's potentially even a hurtful question. But it's not an unrealistic question given John's situation. He's in prison. He's got to wonder what's going on. And he's been hearing different things about Messiah. And you know how stories go when the word finally got back to John. Who knows what he heard and was it all factual? It's hard to say. But whatever he heard, it caused a question in his heart. And, you know, when we reflect on those great scenes in the Bible about John preaching a baptism of repentance, watching the Holy Spirit light on Jesus, saying those famous words in John 129, there's the Lamb of God. You might ask, well, how could he backpedal at this moment? Because John, like us, was human. And so he said, are you the Messiah? Essentially through his disciples and you're going to see in Jesus' response, Jesus is not hurt by the question. He doesn't rebuke John through his disciples. He simply will answer it, and he will affirm John in a marvelous way. But I want to pause here just for a second to tell you that there's a couple of reasons, I think, why John asked the question. Number one, and I think it's clear in the text, it was his expectations. Are you the ex- expected one? And sometimes our expectations get us in trouble. And 
the, the question I think that we would all ask, you know, just looking at the Bible and studying it is, were John's expectations biblical expectations and are mine? I mean, frankly, usually when I'm looking at my life and kind of weighing things, we can make ourselves the center of the universe. It's pretty easy to do that. And we can begin to ask questions like, Lord, why? Why am I still in a prison cell? For some of you, you may have become a Christian in the last several years, and maybe you still feel like you're a prisoner to some old habits or fear or whatever it may be. And you, and you may say, oh, I thought the moment I became a Christian, you know, I, I saw a preacher on TV say I'd be healthy, wealthy, and you know, never have problems again. Well, if you heard that, that's wrong. That's a lie. Believers have challenges God is the same, and you are a Christian, whether you have a good week or a bad week. But John was in prison. And being in prison, he basically said, this doesn't really fit with my expectations. Remember, the apostles asked Jesus in Acts 1, is it at this time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Maybe John thought a swift judgment's coming. Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David. I'm going to be seated at his right hand at the marriage supper of the Lamb. He probably thought it was all happening soon because that's the way we tend to think. We think only in our immediate lifetime, our immediate circle, our immediate nation in which we live. How could he forecast the gospel being preached for 2,000 years beyond his own life and still counting? He probably couldn't even fathom that because he was a human. And sometimes when our expectations are not met, we get ourselves in trouble. And I'll just say this, whatever your expectations of God may be, you have to factor this in. God does allow suffering. He doesn't always open the prison door wide the immediate moment we pray and fix it. It just doesn't happen that way. And he has his reasons for it. And why this great last of the prophets This cousin of Jesus who announced the Messiah would ultimately be beheaded by a wicked king. You know, we we know the end of the story here, right? Herodias does get her way. She manipulates through the dance of her daughter. And Herod does ask for the head of John the Baptist. What a sad ending. Who could have predicted that the messenger of the Messiah would be beheaded by a wicked king? But that's the end of John's story, at least this side of heaven. So there's John, and you can totally understand unmet expectations. Here's just a side note. I love the honesty of Scripture. The Scripture does not say, oh, John was rock-like in prison, and he just stood firm, and he never had a moment of doubt. The Bible tells the honest story. Even the messenger of the Messiah asked if Jesus was the Messiah. And you know, When we're going through our own struggles, let's be honest, sometimes that's what we ask. If we're going to be truthful, whether we say it out loud or not, sometimes we might have questions about, is Jesus the one? Is he really the way, the truth, and the life? Can he be trusted? Peter, you know, when all those people walked away in John chapter 6, Jesus said to the apostles, do you also want to go away? And Peter, I think, answered the question for all of us. Where else are we going to go? You alone have the words of eternal life. That's John 6.68. So we can have our moments. John had his moment. He had expectations that were not met. Second application is his situation. His situation is obvious. He's not where he wants to be. 
He was faithful to God. He went out in the desert. He preached the baptism of repentance. He stood his ground against a wicked king. Why am I in my situation? And maybe you feel the same way right now. Uh, Our situations are not always what we want them to be, whether for us or someone we love. I mean, let's face it. This world is so built that we can always be worrying about something. There's always something going wrong for somebody on the planet. Just watch the news for 10 minutes and you'll be reminded of it every time so you can drive yourself a little bit more crazy if that's what you want to do. And you know that the news stories are on a loop, right? Y'all know that? Watch about 10 minutes and you're done. That will help your health out. Are you the expected one? Should we look for someone else? I mean, we can understand. I think if we were there, we might be asking the questions as well. But let me just say that there is no one else. If you decide to walk away from Jesus, there's nowhere else to go. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He's on his way to a cross to pay for our sin debt. We can trust him because of what he's done for us. And so Jesus responds in verse four. He says, go, uh, Jesus answered and said to them, go and report to John. Give word to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, verse five. The lame walk, The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. You've been listening to Kingdom Questions, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 15. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, you know, even though John the Baptist was the greatest of men, according to Jesus, he still had questions. He had kingdom questions, and maybe you do as well. And if you do, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, as I am moving through the first 30 Psalms, writing a little devotional book, uh, which I hope to have done soon, you can keep me in prayer on that, David had his share of questions. Uh, Most of the first 30 Psalms are credited to David you know, the cry of Jesus from the cross, my God, my God, why, originates from Psalm 22, verse 1. And having the why question, or even in the Psalms, how long, Lord, we could really think about that being on the lips of John the Baptist as he languished in prison and asked, are you the one, or should we look for another? And maybe you have questions about your own life and specifically what's going on, perhaps with your ministry or your health or relationships. And you have your own questions and and you might even have questions like, well, what should I expect God's role to be in my life when I have questions? Does he answer them? And, And if so, how? And oftentimes what I found, brothers and sisters and friends, is that when I have a question on my heart, more than a handful of times, a pastor or a teacher Teaching through a passage and a verse will just leap off the pages. And I'm using, you know, obviously uh, a metaphoric way to describe that. But it's become crystal clear to me in that moment that God was addressing 
that concern or question of my heart, or maybe that I even needed some affirmation or encouragement that I was moving in the right direction. And I have a feeling I'm speaking to someone right now about that very thing. And maybe you have your own set of questions. Uh, Maybe it's even about the more fundamental things about your faith. And right now, the Lord is saying, look, I know where you are. I know who you are. I know what you've done. And I'm with you. You know, we, we have some incredibly emphatic New Testament promises that the Lord will never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. And I would encourage you, my brother, my sister, to hold on because the, the Lord's role in your life is your king, your Lord, your shepherd, your God, your savior. He's good. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and we are moving through the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, the gospel according to the kingdom or the gospel of the kingdom, I should say. We're glad you're along. Hey, if you're new to us, a place that you can check out to find out more about the ministry is walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We would love for it to hear from you. If the ministry has been a blessing to you, why don't you shoot us an email or send us a message over the website. There's a comment section. You can send us any of the thoughts that you have. Once again, walkintruth.com. God bless you. We'll see you right here tomorrow. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 11, 1 through 15 called Kingdom Questions. You can watch yourself be as firm as firm can be. You you could feel like I'm, I'm this close to heaven. I feel like my feet are planted on the rock. And 12 hours later, you can be a different person. Amen? You can have doubts flood your mind. You can feel like, how could I be so feeble and weak? But that's just the human condition. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.